Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for April 30th, 2020. 118 years ago today, American locomotive engineer and folk hero Casey Jones died at the throttle while slowing down his crashing cannonball trying to save his passengers' lives. At the age of 15, Jones began working as a telegrapher for the Mobile and Ohio Railroad. In 1884, he moved to Jackson, Tennessee, where he was promoted at M&O to the position of flagman. While living in a boarding house in Jackson, Jones met and fell in love with Joanne Janie Brady, the daughter of the boarding house proprietor. The couple wed on November 26th of 1886 and moved into a place of their own in Jackson. They would have two sons and a daughter together, and by all accounts, Jones was a devoted family man and teetotaler. Jones was successful at M&O, quickly moving up the ranks and became well known for his signature train whistle, which he made out of six thin tubes bound together, the shortest being half the length of the longest. Its unique sound involved a long, drawn-out note that began softly, rose, and then died away to a whisper, a sound that became his trademark. The sound of it was variously described as a sort of whippoorwill call or like the war cry of a Viking. People living along the railroad between Jackson and Water Valley would turn over in their beds late at night upon hearing it and say, there goes Casey Jones, as he roared by. In 1891, Jones was offered a job at Illinois Central Railroad as an engineer. Jones earned a reputation as an engineer who would always stay on schedule, even if it meant pushing the train to great and sometimes dangerous speeds a trait that made him a popular employee. Jones's reputation for heroism began long before his last fateful ride, however, in 1895, near Michigan City, Mississippi. Jones had left the cab in charge of fellow engineer Bob Stevenson after reducing speed sufficiently to walk safely out onto the running board to oil the relief valves before approaching the station. He advanced from the running board to the steam chest and then to the pilot beam to adjust the spark screen. Jones had finished well before they arrived at the station as planned and was returning to the cab when he noticed a group of small children dart in front of the train some 60 yards ahead. All of the children cleared the rails easily, except for one little girl who suddenly froze in fear at the sight of the oncoming locomotive. Jones shouted to Stevenson to reverse the train and yelled to the girl to get off the tracks in almost the same breath. Realizing that she was still immobile, he raced to the tip of the pilot, or cowcatcher, and braced himself on it, reaching out as far as he could to pull the frightened but unharmed girl from the rails. But it was on this day, 118 years ago, when Jones would be put to the ultimate test. On April 30th of 1900, Jones volunteered to work a double shift to cover for a fellow engineer who fell ill. He had just completed a run from Canton, Mississippi to Memphis, Tennessee, and was now faced with the task of returning on board engine number one, headed southbound. Sam Webb, a fireman for Illinois Central, accompanied Jones on the journey. 
The train was originally running more than an hour and a half behind, and Jones, determined to arrive as scheduled, ran the steam locomotive at speeds nearing 100 miles per hour in an effort to make up the time. As Jones took a turn into Vaughan, Mississippi, Webb warned him that there was another train parked on the tracks ahead of them. As quickly as he could, Jones grabbed the brake with one hand and pulled the whistle with the other in an attempt to warn those around the train. Jones then turned to Webb and told him to jump to safety, all the while still trying to slow the train. The collision was brutal. All passengers on the train survived with the exception of Casey Jones, who was struck in the throat while still holding one hand on the brake and one hand on the whistle. Jones's legend was quickly fueled by headlines such as, Dead Under His Cab, Sad, Sad End of Engineer Casey Jones, and Heroic Engineer Sticks to His Post at Cost of Life, Railroad Wreck at Vaughn's on Illinois Central Railroad, Terrible Fatality Prevented by Engineer's Loyalty to Duty, a passenger's story read a particular headline from the Times Democrat of New Orleans. The passenger in the article was Adam Hauser, formerly a member of the Times Democrat Telegraph staff. He was in a sleeper bunk on Jones's southbound fast mail and said after the wreck, the passengers did not suffer and there was no panic. I was jarred a little in my bunk, but when fairly awake, the train was stopped and everything was still. Engineer Jones did a wonderful as well as heroic piece of work at the cost of his own life. The marvel and mystery is how Engineer Jones stopped that train. The railroad men themselves wondered at it, and of course, the uninitiated could not do less. But stop it he did, in a way that showed his complete mastery of his engine, as well as his sublime heroism. Casey Jones was 37 years old. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.